Okay, everybody, here we go. And now for the moment that if you're in Toronto, you've all been waiting for. It was only a matter of time when all Torontonians would have their case finally heard here on this podcast. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. And today's episode is accompanied by a podcast video short that you can watch either on TV in Canada, on the Weather Network, or online anytime, anywhere you are, at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weatherhistory. Okay, did Mayor Mel Lastman make the right call when he brought in military assistance to help in that 1999 snowstorm? Let's look at the facts right now as they happened on this day in weather history. Just like the ice storm story from January 4th, this was not one single wave foul weather, but rather several. And when you equaled the sum of their parts, it was literally crippling. People couldn't move anywhere, hence crippling. To start, on January 2nd, 1999, Toronto was hit by a storm that had made its way up from the U.S., past Lakes Michigan and through Huron and Ontario, and then dumped 40 centimeters of snow on the city. And this was just the first wave. The following weekend, January 9th and 10th, while the city of Toronto was still trying to dig out from under a snowfall accumulation that is normally their average for an entire year, I might add, another overnight snowfall added to the mess and the numbers. And then again, just days later, on January 14th, this day in weather history, a monster storm had begun to plow its way across Ontario toward Quebec, dropping at least 25 centimeters of snow virtually everywhere it passed. So now, the snow was blowing around, reducing visibility, and that wind was creating an extensive wind chill. It is here when Mayor Mel Lastman, already a lightning rod of controversy in his own right, made the call to bring in troops to help clean up. You must understand, by this point, during the passage of just 11 days since the beginning of the new year, Toronto had already received more than 100 centimeters of snow, and as it was expected to keep falling through the overnight, it was quite possibly the snowiest January in 200 years. Enough was enough. The plan is designed to clear those narrow residential streets that have been clogged with snow. The infrastructure of Canadian cities, like Toronto and Montreal, if you're not familiar, they date back to the founding of the Dominion of Canada, still under British rule. So many of the more densely populated streets are cramped and narrow. And the only people who, quite honestly, can afford to live there are the original owners of those residents, <laughs> meaning they're now elderly and therefore the most vulnerable. And they could not get out with that much snow, nor did many have hydro in the freezing cold because that too was compromised at times. Mayor Lastman said that we, for this reason, need to clear these streets now. They're doing a, a great job. The Bisons today got out 18 people. They helped 18 people, took four people to the hospital. And the ambulances couldn't have gotten in. They, there's no way. They, went, they go in with paramedics. He would later say that his other concern was for when the snow would melt, and he saw the forecast for the rise in temperatures to come that weekend. He feared, and rightfully so, for the potential of further damage that could have been done by what might have been a catastrophic flooding event. No two ways about it. Uh, we... Look, I didn't know if we could do it. I didn't know if we would, but we, but we were lucky. 
Mayor Lastman also said that among other needs, it was essential that the city's catch basins be cleared, again, in prep for a possible flooding. And because of the heavy snow and wind, there were humongous snowdrifts covering fire hydrants, and they needed to be dug out in the event of a house fire. We will try to avoid having to uh, remove vehicles to the extent possible, but that uh, we may need to uh, remove some vehicles through friendly towing. That would mean the tow would not would be at the city's charge. So into Toronto they came. 400 soldiers arrived from Petawawa with another 800 reported to be on standby. It is funny how far a story can get stretched over the passage of time. I'll tell you what, so many people that I have spoken to, even today, believe that they remember it as a military occupation of Toronto that went on for days before the mayor gave them the all clear. It's hilarious. Truth is that by the next day, on the 15th, they were there only one day, and confident that the worst was over, the mayor gave the all clear, announcing that there would be no further need for military assistance. It was in and done that fast. But he couldn't just leave it there, could he? No. That day, he was televised thanking the troops out at Downsview Park and posing for publicity photos while he rode by the cameras in one of the military's bisoned armor vehicles. Who's better at mugging a camera in the face of a record-setting snowstorm? Nobody! Oh, and one postscript, because I think it warrants it. The weather that weekend did not thaw as much as had first been feared or speculated, and the fear of in-town flooding receded as fast as the snow was cleared. This day in weather history. Tomorrow is January 15th. I read a story over the holidays about the most difficult years in history in the New World. 2020 was among them, but not at the top. Mm. Ahead of it, among others, was the year 1919, the year of the Spanish flu. How about this that also added to the grief of that year? When a steel tank full of molasses ruptured in 1919, both neglect and physics helped this strange, sticky story get far, far, far worse than it necessarily needed to be. That's tomorrow, right here, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, this day in weather history, with me, your host, Chris May.